You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. All right, welcome back everybody. In this episode, I am getting into how you can overcome the obsessive, uncomfortable, and often intrusive thoughts that people who struggle with binge eating and emotional eating tend to have about food and weight. You know, those thoughts that feel like they can get in the way of you living your life the way that you want to and just being present and in the moment. Because I know that when I was struggling with binge eating and dieting and trying to control my weight, it seemed like these thoughts could almost consume my days. I always found myself thinking about how much I'd eaten or how much I planned to eat or some new exercise routine, or I found myself counting calories like what I ate or how much I burned. I would think about the foods that I thought I shouldn't be eating, and I also thought about what other people were eating. I did so much comparing, and I compared my weight to others, and all of it felt just really obsessive at times and it kind of felt like it was running me and it seemed like almost the more I thought about those foods the more I wanted them and I hear very very similar stories from people who I've worked with and the people who have reached out to me over the years so I wanted to talk on this show about it because I think it'll help give you a little bit of perspective on these thoughts so that you might to begin to see them in a new way and you can learn to let go of them. Regardless of how or why your food and weight thoughts came into your life, living with them day after day and having them take up a lot of your mental energy is really hard and it can make you feel very stuck. Even if you've stopped binge eating and maybe the binge urges are starting to go away, you might still be dealing with thoughts of weight loss or thoughts about what you should or should not be eating. And I know that you just want all of this to stop so you can free up your mental energy and just have the space to be less preoccupied and more present in your day. So the goal of this episode is to help direct you towards freedom from these thoughts. To get started, I've already shared a little bit about how my brain worked when I had an eating disorder and the thoughts that would go through my head. And we've all had different stories, of course, but our brains, our minds, our thoughts work in such remarkably similar and universal ways, right? The specific stories and the things that you crave and the fears and all of that may sound like they're slightly different to different people. But if we just take a look at the layer beneath all of these things, our minds work in remarkably similar ways, which is good. And this is helpful. But for me, I knew I had a problem. I knew to an extent that what was happening wasn't normal. I knew eating was an uphill battle for me and something that felt like this huge mountain to climb towards perfection and normalcy. And it's so interesting because that's all coming from our minds, right? That's all our minds saying, you have this issue and you need to fix it and figure it out and what's wrong with you and all of that. And yet the exact same machine is saying, what's wrong with you? Get it together and is coming up with all these plans that are supposed to help you get it together. So, you know, like just don't eat today or, you know, work out harder or do this or that. And then we listen, right? Because it's so loud and so big in our heads. And so we listen to it. And then we do those things. And then it's this exact same machine that comes in and says, are you crazy? Like you can't not eat for three days or who did you think you were that, you know, one workout was gonna fix all of this. So that's just one of the things I think is so interesting to see how repetitive, but also how our minds contradict themselves. It tells you to go eat this food and you'll feel better. And then it's the same thing that beats you up for eating that food. 
it can make you feel a little bit like you're going crazy. And I don't say that lightly because I know that's how I felt at the time when I was struggling with this. I often found myself thinking, what is wrong with me? And there's this other layer to it, right? You have these thoughts that are basically dictating to you what you should eat or what you should not eat or how you should exercise or lose weight. And you try to follow them in order to start feeling more in control. And then you have this thought that gives you a contradicting piece of advice and it can be really confusing. And then you have the part of you that can kind of see all of this going on. And that part of you thinks, why can't I just stop all of this and be normal? And I think a lot of times people tend to give these thoughts a lot of really deep meaning. And I I personally, I don't think that that's helpful. I don't think it's useful to interpret intrusive food thoughts and weight thoughts as a symptom that something is fundamentally wrong with you. Because truly nothing is inherently wrong with you. Because it's like we we know better and I hear it all the time. And I heard it in my own head when I was there, like, what is going on? I know better. Why do I keep doing this to myself? And that's another way that our mind talks to us and to our brain. And so I'm going to kind of just use those interchangeably. I mean, a brain is a physical object, a machine, and a physical thing you could put in a jar, for example, and a mind isn't. But a mind is like the output that moves through the brain. So I'm going to kind of use those interchangeably and together. But to a mind and to a brain, we are the center of the universe. So everything that your mind talks about, everything that my mind talks about has us in the middle of it. You know, like, I know better. I can't believe I did this again. What's wrong with me? How am I going to be okay? Even when we notice the world, our mind has this way of just relating it all back to us, sort of what it means about us in some way. I think this is really important to see that that's just what a brain does, especially our left brain interpreter, right? It takes in this sensory information and its whole entire job is to interpret it. And it interprets everything that it takes in, in line with some story about me or the person you're talking about, you know? So it's really interesting to just see that, of course, our minds are always talking about us and what we did wrong and what we did right, but that's just the job of the machine. And when we kind of zoom out from that a bit, it's interesting to start to ask some of these questions like maybe it's just a machine that's always judging us and grading us and all of that, but it's just a machine talking and it's just a machine doing what it's meant to do. Is there really a me in here? Like who am I really if I'm not all the stuff my brain and my mind talk about? And I think this explanation is so important because it's really helpful to know how the mind works and that it's constantly judging our actions and emotions. If it's just what a mind does, then it takes the whole what's wrong with me out of it. Because I work with people who struggle with binge eating and emotional eating and other eating issues, I have a unique perspective and I'm able to see the evidence that minds are just so similar. And I'm able to see the common patterns and that it's pretty obvious that intrusive thoughts about food and weight are not specific to just one person, but tend to be pretty universal. And honestly, these type of similar intrusive thoughts can surround many other habits as well. Everybody's thoughts have a slightly different content or context, but if we're talking about it more generally, there are a lot of similarities. And I think that's really interesting to see because when you're really in it and you're having these thoughts day to day, and when you're in that place where eating and weight are taking up so much of your life and so much of your brain space, it's very easy to take it all very personally and to feel like you're alone in this and like you're the only one who's having these type of thoughts. And it can be hard to take a step back from that and say, hey, 
This is just what a mind does. I mean, it's creating issues in your life, but it's a well-working brain. It's a brain doing exactly what you've accidentally and innocently taught it to do from your upbringing and all those years of dieting and trying to make your body smaller. You've taught your brain to think this way, but it's not your fault and you can unlearn it. We get so caught up in our physical experience, our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors, anything that's tangible and physical, that that's where we look. But just look in front of you right now. You see a bunch of different objects. So for example, for me, I'm looking in front of me. I see my computer and my lamp and my water bottle and my plant and my microphone. That's what my brain is conditioned to do is to see things. And so that's what it focuses on. And then it just tells us, oh, well, you're looking at your desk and there's a lamp and there's a microphone. But what we aren't conditioned to see is all the space, right? There's way more than these things that are just in my field of vision. There's this endless, infinite space. And that's true for us all the time as humans, right? Our mind is all about focusing on the presence of something. And then our brain will just make it all about that to fit into this identity of who we think we are. But what we're missing is that there's so much more beyond that. But that's why you get so fixated on these thoughts and those problems. And so when I talk about how this is just what a mind does and just how a brain works, it's so important because we are going to get caught up in what looks problematic. But when we start to see, oh, that's just a machine doing that and there's not even a problem there. It's just how I've wired my machine and it's the same way for everybody. Then those stories about me and how I'm different and how I'm broken and how I'm special in a bad way and all of that they start to look less true. You're able to step back and look at them more objectively. So when we're not so afraid of what our brain is saying and what our mind is saying, that's when we get to open up that bigger peace and wisdom and common sense. There's life beyond all of that thinking. And I think something that tends to happen as well is when you're really in it, it does feel like these thoughts are somewhere in your head always. Like, I think if you were to ask binge eaters, probably, most of them would say that they struggle with food and weight thoughts nonstop all day, and it consumes their life and they have no peace. And I'm sure I would have said the same thing. And so I want to talk about not seeing the moments when you're not caught up in the intrusive thoughts. And I think that it's really helpful because in reality, there are still moments when the food and the weight thoughts are nowhere to be found in your head. There are moments when there's just quiet or when the mind goes to something else or when you're focused on doing something else. There is peace and well-being underlying all these thoughts. It's almost just confirmation bias in a sense where if you buy a red truck, suddenly you see red trucks everywhere because that's on your mind. If you start binge eating and you have a few episodes of it happening, then you start to think about it more and more, then you get worried about it, and then you wonder how bad it's going to get. And then the next time you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable and you even think about food, that's going to look like confirmation bias of, see, there's a problem. And it quickly snowballs into all we see is us having this problem or us having these thoughts. And we get blind very quickly to all the times when it's nowhere to be found. And then from there, it's like a minefield to say, yep, here's the problem. Even though this is how we all work, we just become really blind to all the exceptions. The truth is no one is in any feeling or thought all the time. So it's good to just kind of start to notice that. And I always honestly get a little hesitant bringing this up with people because it kind of sounds like, oh, just look on the bright side. And that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to get at here is that there's something that's always changing or moving. It's not part of who you are. 
if it's possible for it to not be there, let's say 20% of your day, then it's possible for it to not be there for a lower percentage of your day and less and less and less. And it's possible for it to be gone completely as well. And another thing I want to mention for people struggling with this is there was a time in your life, even if you have to look back a really, really, really long way when these food and weight thoughts were not there at all. And if it was possible for it to not be there at some point in your life, then it's possible for you to live your life again without the food and weight thoughts constantly being there. And that leads me to my next question that people usually ask is, well, how do I make it go away? And in the approaches that I use, there isn't something, there isn't just one thing specific that you have to do in order to make the thoughts go away. It's not like there's this perfect clear-cut formula that you need to follow or some action that you take that's going to make the thoughts go away. The process is a little bit different for everybody, but in a big way, it's really about seeing things differently and seeing that the thoughts are not meaningful and seeing that they're temporary and that things are always changing. The narrative is just a machine talking. That's what our minds do. They just kind of narrate life and they want to tell us where we might be going wrong, but that narrative is so powerless in and of itself. So what I want you to do is start to see that you're totally fine and you have all of this common sense. There's just this little tape that plays in your head once in a while and when it plays you get really caught up in it and when it goes away you're fine. Everyone listening has their own narrative and it does feel so believable and you're going to sometimes get caught up in it and that's okay but if you can at least have some level of separation from it it does change the experience and instead of automatically believing the narrative when it shows up you can start to see that you're just a person in a moment making a choice about food and it doesn't have to mean something in relationship to your past or to your future or who you are. And I think this is similar to a sort of mindfulness approach where you're living and you're experiencing life moment to moment and not judging everything based on the past or the future or what you think it all means. And you don't have to give these food choices so much meaning. You're simply making a choice about food in a moment. And I think if you can learn to do that, you'll be much more guided by your inner wisdom and your intuition. And you won't just be habitually following those repetitive and harmful thoughts that end up tripping you up with food. And I think the thing to kind of see in that too is that if we aren't giving all that meaning, our brain is just a mind that wants to just talk about everything. And again, this is part of what the left brain does is it ties everything into some coherent story about you. But the story is not accurate. And there's many, many studies that show when our mind, our brains connect the dots and say, you know, why I ate this or why I chose this or whatever, it's often wrong, but it doesn't care. It's not about accuracy. It's about giving you a sense of safety and a sense of knowing whether it's accurate or not. That's why before the pandemic hit, everyone was for the most part fine because they're like, oh, I know what I'm going to do in April and I know what my summer is going to look like. And we didn't ever actually know the future, but we thought we did. So we were fine feeling that sense of control. But when we realized, oh, I don't actually know anything about the future, then it's a whole different story. So, you know, it's like our mind just gives it all that meaning and has this whole conversation about it. But that's what I love about what I'm talking about here is when we can kind of recognize a, oh, I'm just making a food choice in a moment. It's not a problem for me. It's never been a problem. It's just that sometimes when I make a food choice in a moment, my mind comes in and gives me all the kinds of grief about it and tells me a whole meaningful story about it. And sometimes I get caught up in that. Then it becomes a little bit more about how do we see when our mind is making all this stuff up so we can fall into it less. And if you're feeling like, well, 
I don't know how to make a food choice in a moment. Remember, that is just another thought. A lot of these stories and mental narratives and thoughts about food and weight are actually really well intended in that people think these thoughts are going to keep them on track. They think that they need to keep thinking these thoughts about food and weight in order to stay healthy or eat right. And they think they need these thoughts to manage their weight because they think that if they just allow themselves to make food choices at each moment, they'll choose the wrong things and then their eating will spiral out of control and their weight will skyrocket. But what you need to know is that letting go of these repetitive, obsessive food thoughts does not mean that you're going to abandon your desire to nourish yourself or take care of yourself. I was definitely one of those people who tried to control things to a point where it felt like everything fell apart. But that is what happens when we try to control things that are already under control and are already taken care of. We don't lose our ability to have common sense and just make a choice in a moment. The more we can look and just be curious about that, the more we can rebuild that trust with ourselves that we really need. I know that doesn't feel like our experience at times, but that's another example of confirmation bias. That's where we can look back and our mind will say, look, what you ate last week, are you kidding me? You can't make these choices for yourself. But that's just our mind looking for evidence for what it's looking for. If we can kind of set that aside and just be curious about, well, what if it's true that my body is full of wisdom? And if I just do the best that occurs to me in each moment and I let it go and it's just a choice in a moment, then you're here fresh without a bunch of meaning and compensating and all that kind of stuff. Just know I'm here right now and now I'm going to do the best that I can see for this moment. But it's not always easy when our minds are screaming at us and that saying, you know, that's going to make you fat or whatever, but it's truly simple. We just get caught up in our mind story that it's not simple. Sometimes the best that you can see does end up being something like, okay, well, maybe I do need to get some nutritional support or maybe I do need some structure for a little while because my body signals are off. Using your intuition does not always mean that you have to eat totally based on what you want at the moment or totally based on your hunger and fullness because sometimes that does feel a little off for people and I think sometimes your inner wisdom or your intuition will lead you towards something like structure. People can really misconstrue what I'm saying to mean that you have to be completely free and just make whatever food choice you want whenever you want, but that's not really what I'm saying. Sometimes inner wisdom will lead you toward getting guidance around food or getting some help. Because when you've ignored your hunger signals for so long because you were dieting or when you would eat way past fullness or when you're binging, when you're caught in that cycle, there's no denying that it does mess up your natural mechanisms that regulate eating. And then hunger and fullness can seem less reliable. So following your inner wisdom right away could actually just lead you to an approach that takes this into account and takes into account the fact that you need to heal your body first and help it regulate. And you may need some sort of eating plan to help you do that before your body can even truly allow you to be intuitive. And I don't mean a diet, but just some structure. I also want to talk a little bit about urges to binge, which are just another level of thought and feeling that people tend to give a lot of meaning to and a lot of narrative around. And it's understandable that when you have these urges, you are going to think things like, what is wrong with me? Why am I having these urges? Did I eat the wrong things today? Am I too stressed? There's often so much analysis that goes into it, which I think just ends up making it worse in the moment. When you can learn to have that level of separation away from your thoughts and feelings and urges, you can see that they don't have to be taken so seriously. The urge to binge, it's just feedback. 
we don't realize we're doing this necessarily, but we get really caught up and really afraid of our feelings. And our brain gets conditioned to almost speed up even more and give us all these kinds of bad, urgent solutions. It's just the machinery that gets a little wound up. And so when we're trying to fight the urge and resist it and hold it back and all of that, again, it only makes things worse. So that's why I think it's so huge to kind of just see this really, really big picture and zoom out and acknowledge that the feeling is never wrong. You're never wrong for feeling some type of way. It's just energy. And then our mind tells us stories about it, but it's never wrong. It's never a sign of us being broken or needing to get some kind of fix or anything. It's just these waves of energy moving through us. The more we just feel safe in the fact that feelings are going to move through us, which is uncomfortable, and it's all the urge to binge or emotionally eat is, the more it can just come and go. When we try to over control what we're eating and really restrict ourselves, Then what a mind does is it tries to compensate with urges to eat massive amounts of food. And then when you see that, you realize, hey, this is not a sign that I am inherently disordered or that I have a disease or all of these underlying problems that I need to solve first. This is just what my brain does. When you can see those urges in that way and you can see them as temporary, that's when you can start to work on healing the other behaviors that are contributing and you can let them pass without acting on them. They do fall away. If you're a regular listener of the podcast or if you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me talk about this and how the brain changes through neuroplasticity, how we can change the way that our brain is wired. And thinking about it this way gives people so much hope because you can think, okay, I'm not stuck with this for the rest of my life. This is something that I can overcome. And that doesn't mean that the thoughts will never pop up again. The brain is amazing and it can remember old patterns and old habits. But if you do have food or weight thoughts pop up one day after maybe they've gone away for a really long time, you don't have to see it as such a big deal. If you think, oh no, this is happening again. I'm right back in it. This is going to take over my life. Then you can risk allowing the thoughts to take hold again. But if instead you don't give any meaning or value to those thoughts when they come up, then you can just let them pass and go on with your life. It's really important to remember that going forward, you always retain the ability to see thoughts as just something that you don't necessarily need to hold so much meaning for anymore. And then you don't have to listen to it anymore. So with that, I hope this episode has given you a new perspective surrounding whatever obsessive thoughts may be coming to your mind about food and weight or calories and exercise or whatever you should or should not be eating because you are so much more than that. Before we close out for the week, I have a very exciting announcement and that is that my group coaching program, Food Freedom University, is officially open once again for enrollment for our May 8th start date. This is a four-month virtual group coaching program to not only break you out of binge eating, compulsive eating, overeating, poor body image, and emotional eating patterns, but to also kickstart your food freedom journey and cultivate a healthful life with balance and ease with food and exercise. So if you're feeling alone in this struggle, if you really thrive hearing from others who are in the same place as you and want to form a community around healing and empowering yourself to break free from these destructive patterns for good, group coaching is for you. Again, we get started on May 8th, so it's very perfect timing to start off the spring, have a fresh start, and just be in a better place with food and body image going into the summer. Head over to brittanyallisonrd.com slash group hyphen coaching to learn more and book a free consult with me to see if it's a good fit and enroll. Again, that's brittanyallisonrd.com slash group hyphen coaching.